Welcome to the Agency Growth Machine Podcast, where it's all about transforming potential into profit. And now your host, Randy Schwantz. Hey, there's Randy Schwantz, and we're going to do something a little bit different this time. I hope that you enjoy it. Um, Cynthia and I were on doing our monthly webinar for our clients, and we talked about a couple of things. I don't know if I'm going to play the whole thing for you. We'll see. But I got into the interview on uh, the, the the letter I wrote called Letter to My Boss, uh, Dear Charlie. And, and we dig into that and some of the psychology behind what's going on in agencies and then kind of also the new world and the old world. So without any hesitation, here we go. Um, interview with uh, Cynthia and I. Hi, everybody. It's Cynthia Mensch, and welcome to the April 2018 Coach Mastermind titled Letter to My Boss. I have three things that I want to get Mr. Randy started here with. I want him to cover um, why he wrote this letter, uh, the difference between old world and new world, and then the trends that he's seeing and that we're seeing out there in hiring and uh, the type of people coming into the industry, what we're seeing there. Um, so with all that said, Mr. Randy, uh, I know you wrote this letter a while ago, letter to my boss, and in there you talk a little bit about kind of what was behind the letter, but I'm sure there was um, – Tell the story. Why why did you decide to write that article and that letter? Yeah, so the, so the article, Letter to My Boss, right here it is. Uh, and if you haven't gotten a copy, we'll send you a copy if you want it. <clears throat> but yeah, I was – I was doing a I was doing a workshop somewhere. I, I'm, I guess it was in Dallas, and um, and I had an old dude in there, old, you know, being forty five, fifty, something like that. Oh, and uh, yeah, old. <clears throat> yeah, so he's younger than me, but he's still old. And um, uh, and and he'd worked for an agency. This this guy had about a three hundred thousand dollar book of business, had been going at the business for twenty plus years, and. Um, uh, I remember, you know, when he was talking about coming, he'd gone to his boss and asked his boss, I mean, would you be willing to pay for it? And the boss kind of go like, well, you know, I, I'm not sure it's worthwhile. So this guy paid for it out of his own pocket, come to the workshop after being in the business for 20 plus years and having a $300,000 book of business. <clears throat> and it was interesting that that also in the workshop was uh, a young guy that is uh, one of one of our clients producers uh, who was coming back in for the second round of the wedge. And this dude already had close to $300,000 book of business. And it was just such a, a beautiful contrast of old and young. The young guy got there in three years. The old guy got there in 20 plus years. And as I'm talking to this guy, and, and I run into this a lot of agency owners, um, you know, where they're going, you know, as long as it not cost me money, you know, I think they're fine. And, you know, we're not going to push them. And, you know, it's just, you just hear that whole rhetoric that makes me want to throw up. So right. it was that, that kind of inspired me to write this, this deal. And, um, and, and basically, um, I made it up, but it's full of truth. Um, right. I mean, Kendall, I mean, uh, 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 Cynthia, we can think of a guy we know right now. We're not going to call his name out <clears throat> who, who had come to the wedge workshop, paid his own way, went mm -hmm. back to his agency owner. I'm looking for support. Guy wouldn't do it. And, and he's asked me, what do you think I ought to do? And so I think you ought to leave. I think you ought to go find an agency will support you being the best you can be. So he did. 
and this this guy's uh, first name starts with an M, so you know who I'm mm -hmm. talking about. I do. And you might you might be able to fill in some of the color on this guy. This guy uh, went from uh, being a uh, you know he had drive in his belly, but he wasn't getting a lot done. What has happened is, and you're working with him over the last couple of years. Can you tell us? Yeah, and and it's interesting because when he first came on, he said to me, he goes, Cynthia, he said, I used to believe that I could compete with anybody. He goes, now after, you know, being in the 10X club for almost 18 months and the changes that he's made, he goes, there's very few people who can compete with me. So he, what he did was he, he stopped long enough to get really clear on all the work that he used to refer to as, when I used to ask him, well, what makes you different, what makes you better? He goes, well, I pre-underwrite an account. And and I could never get him to peel back what that really meant. And and he used to, you know, just say to me over and over again, well, I'm pretty good at placing insurance. It's like, yeah, but you got to be doing something besides placing great insurance. And um, so after he slowed down long enough and started getting really clear on what that came under under that heading of pre-underwriting he's now he's now taken bor business on stuff that over the telephone i mean he's not even having to go out and meet with these buyers in person anymore he's that clear he can get them to bor over the phone and, it, yeah, and it's his, not small stuff that he's writing no so his new business is going from what to what can you can you even Get close. Uh, yeah, he uh, he's doubled. He's doubled in less than twenty four months. He he when he came in, he was about three hundred, and now he's he's close to seven. Oh, in terms of his book. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, amazing story. So so you sit there and you think about those kind of contrasts. We see lots of them. I'm thinking about a guy that that's that's a client of ours that you know he came into the business. He you know he'd, he'd run a restaurant selling tacos or something. <clears throat> the dude is blowing it up. So back to back to this. There's agencies out there like crazy that agency owners, the Charlies of the world, that uh, they're nice guys. Uh, but they don't push their guys. They don't drive their guys to be more what they can be. So, you know, what they can be is, and that's why if you come back and you look at this, it says transforms potential into agency growth and profit. That's what the IUN agency growth system is. And now you probably hate it when I pull up definition, but what is potential? It's something that's having or showing this capacity to develop into something in the future, something big. Another one, you keep on going with the deal. Latent qualities, they're there. Latent abilities, they're there. But they have to be developed. It's like taking clay and molding it. And, you know, you, you move them up into something that, that's much better. So <clears throat> the, the letter to Charlie is, is all about Charlie. Uh, this guy, uh, you know, giving his resonation to Charlie because he met the young guy that was successful and mm -hmm. he wanted to be like the young guy. Uh, Charlie's attitude was nobody taught me how to sell. I shouldn't teach you how to sell. Charlie's mm -hmm. attitude was, uh, you know, as long as you're not costing me money, I'm going to leave you alone. Charlie's attitude was you're a good guy. You know, just go make it happen on your own. And yeah, that uh, leads me that leads me so, to ask you that second thing. I, I, in the letter, you mentioned the difference between the old world and the new world. What what are those differences? Well, yeah. So I'm 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 developing a webinar right now, uh, and I'm just going to show you a few pages out of the, out of it, where mm -hmm. I'm talking about the establishment, the insurance traditionalists, you know, who are going well. This is the way it's always been done, and 
when you look at some of their beliefs, it's that, you know, write anything you can, it's all money. But that's dumb because that leads to producers writing way too many small crappy accounts. They get bogged down, they lose their capacity, and they can't go anywhere. They would say that once a producer is validated, leave them alone. That's dumb. Man, once they get validated, they've proven they can produce. Man, invest, turn on the juice, squeeze these guys. This is your best source of growth, these people that are proven that they know how to go sell. And then they go, hey, if you don't quote, you can't win it. Well, maybe that's true in hockey and basketball. If you don't take the shot, you can't ever hit it. But in our business, man, that wastes a lot of time and money. And everything I'm laying out here is kind of the establishment, the traditionalist type of thinking. They say right. that if you win by BOR, you're stealing somebody else's work and you're setting yourself up for an E&O problem. No, that means you're great at selling value. And yes, you need to deal with, with what you took over and make sure that, that you're not creating problems. But you know they're doing it for all the wrong reasons. Right. And I keep going. In fact, I think I will. And because I want you, I want you, our clients, our iWin agency growth clients, to see how different you are than the traditional, than the norm. And if you're still acting like the traditional, we want to continue to, to budge and boost and push you over this way. Here's the next deal. You hire a new producer. The establishment, the insurance traditionalist, they would say send your producer to a carrier school first so they can learn about coverage. No. Teach them your selling process first if you have one. And so if you're our client, you have one. It's called the wedge. Make them get great at the wedge. Full focus. Make them get great. Watch the videos. You know, role play with them, all sorts of stuff. Get them great at that because it does two things. Number one, it confirms they can learn. They are salespeople, right? They are right. salespeople. We're teaching them how to sell. Number two, it gives them that context that when they do start to learn technical stuff, they turn into wedges. So they learn about property evaluation. They learn about business interruption. They learn about the experience mod. They learn about, they learn about, learn about. Every time they learn about, say, okay, show me your wedges. Show me your wedge. Show you your wedge. Because the reason you're learning that is, A, so you don't trip up and kill yourself. But the reason you really learn that stuff is you can go out and win business. Right. But the establishment, the traditionalist, oh, they think we're they think we're bad. Bad because we take BORs. Bad because we take BORs. Bad because we're busting relationships. Bad because we're selling value added, proactive service rather than being coverage geeks. They think right. we're bad for all those reasons. Bad because we're easy. changing, changing the game. Changing the game. And here, here's what I want you to think about. And I, I keep on going. So let me rant and rave just a little bit longer, and then I'll be done. <laughs> Ironically, carrier schools teach them how to quote. You look at every carrier school you send them to, Travelers, Hartford, Westfield, Selective, Acuity, you just go down the rule. But, but they, come from a, they come from a dynamics of selling, build relationship, get the policies, find a coverage gap, quote unquote, super qualify. Um, but they're, they're basically teaching how to quote. And the problem is quoting leads to getting rolled by the incumbent and the real problem is then it starts to crush new producers' confidence. Mm-hmm. And then here's the other thing that just through interviews, I was I was at a uh, a major carrier school uh, about a year ago. <clears throat> they they'd been through 80 hours or 60 hours of coverage training. Um, and as as I was asking them, okay, well, are you prepared to now to go out and compete and all that sort of stuff? What what I what I found out is. 
it basically reinforces how absolutely ignorant they are compared to the incumbent, further crushing confidence going to the carrier school first. So I'm not so saying they don't they, need so to. So they come out of there feeling like I'll never know everything I need to know. Is that? Yeah. So let me, like, I got to go compete with a guy who's got 5, 10, 15 years experience on me. I'm going out right. on a sales call. I don't know very much about coverage. Ooh. All right. Maybe I'll hide out a little bit. Maybe I'll study a little bit more. Maybe I'll try to set some appointments. I'm not sure. But for many, it, it, it doesn't enhance their confidence, I promise you. Right. Yeah. And so then once again, the establishment, the traditionalist, no one, no one had to teach me how to sell or grow a book. Therefore, I shouldn't have to teach you, my salespeople. That, and so what I'm saying to all you guys out there, guys, that's what you're competing with. That's what a lot of our competition believes. And right. so, so all this stuff, when you start to put it in aggregate, um, a lot of our competitors, and I'll just come back to this sheet real fast. What I put down here is that, look, there are hundreds of producers in your territory, your geographical territory that work for agencies that don't care. Therefore, they don't coach. It's all the Charlies of the world. Wow. And they are targets for you to go recruit from. Now, do they have a lot of dogs? Of course. That's why you got to have an interview process. But they also attract some really good people. Mm-hmm. Just because they're doing relationships and they're going, hey, you ought to come to work for us. Charlie goes, yeah, come to work for us. It's a good deal. Well, Charlie's don't care beyond getting them, getting them licensed, getting them certified. Here's your book. Go. When you meet those people, they're great targets for you. And since you're not a Charlie, this is a big recruitment tool, both inside and outside of insurance. What I mean by that is you're not a Charlie. I hope you're not a Charlie. I hope you're not saying, come over here and work. And we're not going to do anything for you to help you become great. What I'm hoping you say is, come over here and work. We're going to help you. And then this is where it ties back into, I drew this little arrow over here. <clears throat> when you come to us, we're going to help transform your, transform your potential into profit for both you and the agency. Our goal is to help you become a millionaire. Mm. That's why you're here. Yeah. See, when I can help you become a millionaire... That means you made and saved a lot of money. But along that path, that means you created a lot of revenue for the firm. And see, that's what I think you ought to be selling. You you look at these kids that are coming. I was talking to a guy this morning up in Michigan. Uh, he's recruiting. Uh, they're, they're recruiting outside of insurance. Um, and he says all these – and then now here's one of the trends you're talking about, Cynthia. You start to recruit outside of insurance. They have expectations. Because they mm-hmm. came from a place that trained them, coached them, taught them how to do things, right? They did. Right. So that's the good thing about where they came from. Here's the bad thing about where they came from. Where they came from, in most cases, a lot of public companies, they're on a quarterly reporting system, you know, talking to the analysts. Uh, all they care about is is meeting this quarterly goals, meeting this quarterly goal, meeting this quarterly goal, meeting this quarterly goal. At large, do they care about helping their producers become financially independent? No. No. So one of your advantages, once you, when, when you're out there recruiting, you're talking to them, what you're selling is, look, man, we have a goal-setting process that's all about helping you become financially affluent, independent. We've got a selling process that helps you bust incumbent relationships. We've got differentiation. We've broken down into concrete black and white stuff. We're going to coach you, teach you, train you to be highly effective. That's what our environment is. You know, you had a good environment over there. Over here, 
you'll become rich. Over there, you will make a lot of money, but it will be different the way you go about it. So anyway. Well, so, so wait, can I just slow you down just a little bit? Because yeah. you just said some pretty powerful stuff just now, I think. You you went through it real quick, but I think the people on the phone, uh, you know, I've heard you use this term stack the value. I just heard you kind of go through what you see as the value that that the I went you know that these coaches on the phone have that they should be presenting as they're recruiting. Could you say one or two of them again, please? Yeah. So, so if I if I'm you out recruiting, yeah, I, I, I'm selling that 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 we're about we're about creating millionaires. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to show, uh, and, and in doing so, I'm going to talk about the 30 year timeline. I'm going to talk about you know, the, the, the cars, universities and weddings. If it's a kid that's not married, I'm going to talk about, do you think you ever will? If they are, then we'll talk about what do you want for them? Uh, I'm going to talk about, you know, did you, did you play sports? Were you in club sports? Were you in uh band? Were you, you know, were, were you in something that was, that, that, that had that intense sort of deal that was expensive? Yeah. Do you want your kids to do that? Yeah. Boom. You know, so we're going to talk through all this stuff. And so, well, here, my goal is help you build the fund that make more money than what you need to do it show you a way to save money and become rich, become mm. a multimillionaire. That's what we're about. Now, how do we do it? we got a process. It's very well defined. Our selling process is very real. We coach on it. And once again, did you play sports? Yeah, okay. You played basketball. Got it. In basketball, did you ever go hard one-on-one against people? Yeah, great. That's what our sales meetings are like. So I'm looking for that kind of competitive flair. Not the guy who goes, ooh, don't touch me. You know, it's like, come in and let's play. So if you're mm-hmm. that kind of guy, you're going to love our environment. And, man, we real, we coach, we, we work hard, boom, boom, boom. So our sales process, our sales meetings drive you getting great. Our goal setting drives you getting great. We're, we're all about differentiation in a very, pla- very, 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 uh, 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 very black real way. Black yeah. Black and white. Pragmatic. pragmatic. That's yep. the deal. And so mm-hmm. that's what you're selling. And then you compare that to either another agency or you compare that to coming from pharma or whatever they're coming from. Doesn't matter. It's better. And I bet you, I bet you some people could really, you know, I mean, we could put some money behind that when you say creating millionaires and the, and the goal setting financial planning tools. I mean, we, we've said, I know I've heard myself say it. The reason we call it the 10 X sales club is because guys can go from saving 6,000 to saving 66,000. Yeah. Think about the guy we just talked about a little while ago. He had $300,000 book. Now he's got a $700,000 book, $400,000 more revenue to the firm. He gets this, we'll call it 30%. That's $210,000. Uncle Sam gets half. That's $105,000. Now he's got discretionary income of which he can play with 40, invest 65. And it, I mean, it's a great story. Yeah. Yeah. And then the second one is how do we, how do we accomplish all that? Well, we've got a sales process that's proven repeatable. And then we've got competitive sales meetings. We don't just hire you and then leave you on your own. And these are all questions or things. Cause I know a lot of our guys worry about, uh, you know, not making an offer right away because they think somebody's going to get hired out from underneath of them. But this is all a way to, to, to combat that. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're you're selling something bigger, more powerful that causes them to want to wait. And you and you you tell them that up front. And look, you'll lose some, you'll lose mm-hmm. some, but the ones you do gain will be so much better, right? right? Yep. Yeah. 
All right, so just a quick break, man. We're blowing and going and getting it hard. Cynthia's doing a great job interviewing. We're throwing some things out. Look, um, here's what I want you to think about if you're an agency owner. The difference between where your agency is today and where it will be five years from now is in direct proportion to your ability to develop your producers, develop their potential, turn them into something bigger than what they already are. Again, the difference between where your agency is and where it's going to be is in direct proportion to your ability, not theirs. Now, when you got the ability, you can develop their ability. When you don't have the ability and the tools and all this sort of stuff, you can't develop their ability. And here's the other part of the message. They won't develop their own in most cases. All you got to do is look around the industry, maybe look around your office. How many people have so much more potential, get you frustrated? They could be doing so much more, making more, more money, writing more business, growing, doing what's in their own best interest, but they're not. So that's why we developed the IWIN agency growth system. It was developed to help agency owners like you get in the business of developing your producers. And in many cases, you want to, but you don't know how. You don't have the tools to go find hire. You don't have the tools to go develop and onboard. You don't have the tools to motivate. You don't have the tools to build confidence. You don't have a one sales process. In fact, I was talking to one of my clients today. He said, Randy, you know, before we started working with you, we had three sales process. We had the coverage guy, the relationship guy, and the service guy. And the problem is that when you got three sales processes, you can't coach any of them. And it's brutal trying to bring a new guy into that environment. So if you're looking to drive growth in your agency, you're looking for a sales process, you know, look at the Iowan Agency Growth System. It's a powerful cocktail of three things, training, technology, and coaching built for one thing, and that's to help you grow your agency. That's the Iowan Agency Growth System. You can check us out at thewedge.net. Let's get back to the interview. Here's another thing um, I just put in this. Uh, I did a little PS, PS, Charlie. I, I know that having everyone like you is, is more important uh, to you than anything. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we got, you know, everybody wants to be liked as a general, you know, do you, would you rather be liked or respected? Well, I want both, right? Right. Um, but if you're not careful, you'll be, being liked is more important than being respected. And so then you'll, you'll do things that you think people like you, but then in the, in the, in the, they're stabbing you in the back because they go, you know, he's such a nice guy. He won't fire that dude who, who sucks and he won't take care of that problem, which is, you know, that's, that's the problem with being too nice and wanting to be liked. So right. Charlie, I know that having everyone like you is more important to you than anything. Look, Charlie, when you raise your expectations, don't expect everyone to be cheering. I see people in my mind right now that I'm going through who are our clients that, that they're disappointed that everybody's not cheering them when they bring something like this to the table. And I go, on the inside, I think they all want to be better too, but on the outside, they won't show it. Man, I was just doing a, a deal. Uh, it's in my mind. I'm, I'm going around the room. I'm looking at people. Uh, I got guys that uh, they're successful. They got a lot of potential. Uh, they're confident what they got going on, but they could be a lot more successful. They don't want to show that in many ways. And so in a sense, we've got to go after it. And, and what most people are, you, me, everybody, none of us are really uh, immune to it. I come down here, we're all a little afraid of the idea that maybe we can't measure up to expectations. Yeah. We got a lot of agency owners that don't get in there and drive Chris meetings hard because of that they're afraid they won't do it well enough. Right. And so instead of instead of instead of doing it poorly and getting better, 
they avoid it just like producers avoid making cold calls and stuff. So I just going to say, we're all a little afraid of the idea that maybe we can't measure up to expectations. They will probably push back. They will moan. They will groan. But please, Charlie, please, Charlie, do not give up. It's their future that's at stake here. It will impact where their kids go to college. It will impact how much fun they can have when they retire. And it impacts how they see themselves today. Charlie, do not quit. So I'm asking all of our clients, do not quit. It has such a huge impact on so many people when you do this role of driving the sales culture. It's just such a big flipping deal. Yeah, and a lot of our clients, I mean, they're really good humans. I mean, they and they want to do good stuff, but I, I think sometimes they they don't think about it that way. They don't realize the impact of what they can bring to somebody's life. Yeah, if so they just I'm, push themselves. I'm gonna tell an interesting story. So my, my oldest daughter, Kendall, um, uh, you know, she played college ball in high school. She's, I mean, she's a great shooter. Her nickname was Shooter, the best three point shooter on the team. And it was interesting that there were times my wife would be up in the in the stand screaming, Kendall, shoot the ball, shoot the ball. And Kendall would pass the ball rather than shoot it, even when she's wide open. And man, it was a sensitive subject, really sensitive. But I had her in the car one time and I said, man, can I just ask you one question? Not man, but honey, can I ask you just one question? And you don't have to answer it. Yeah, I know mom's up there hollering, shoot the ball, shoot the ball, shoot the ball. The ball comes to you, and a lot of times you don't. So can I ask you, when the ball comes to you, what goes through your mind? Because at that point, you could pass, you could dribble, or you could shoot. What goes through your mind? And she said, she said, I don't want to be selfish. Mm -hmm. Like... A couple of the kids on the team. So therefore, wow. instead, of, instead of shooting, I pass. I'm going, oh, my God. Oh, don't you know that that's the most selfish thing you can do? Because you're passing. You're doing what's in your highest interest at that moment to make you feel okay, rather than do what's in the best interest for the team. Oh, wow. Interesting change of perspective. Oh, you're being massively selfish. But, oh, God, that was hard to talk to her about, right? Mm -hmm. So when when our agency leaders pull back rather than continue to press, they're being incredibly selfish. They're putting themselves, number one, rather than the producer they could be coaching up. Right. Be it, it, I I never thought about it that way, but it's oh, really true. Yeah. So, um, there's my excuse for being so hard on some people. I'm not being selfish. <laughs> well, yeah, and you know, I mean, obviously there's a style and everything associated with that. Right. But, you know, producers, you know, I mean, I've said this a thousand times, producers are, are better at selling us on why they can't do something rather than selling the prospect on why they can. And we mm -hmm. buy into that. If we're not careful, we will rather than finding ways to continue to get in their head and keep them going. So anyway, that's kind of my whole point to that. So what what are the trends you're seeing out there, Mr. Randy? Well, I mean, I think the, the trend I'm seeing when I'm doing our, our public workshops, mm -hmm. you know, uh, uh, half of who's coming there are producers from our existing clients. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, so I want to applaud our clients. That that group of producers keeps getting better and better and better. It, it's it's cool. So that's that's certainly a trend that I see. Um, that our guys are making better hires. Very cool trend. Um, you you know the the book grit is selling pretty well out in the marketplace. So it tells me that more and more agencies are hearing the message that uh, they've got to hire. Mm-hmm. And so, so they're, they're trying and they're, 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 they're kind of, they've kind of given up on the, on the retread right. and, and they're, they're trying to find a way to get outside and get out of their own way and go find, go find talent wherever they can find it. And you know, that's a couple of trends that I see. So I got to go back to you, you, when you said the you know public workshops. Half of the producers there have been recently hired, and they're better hires. Can you give us a description of what what you used to see and what you're seeing today, so that you know to confirm these guys are making better hires? Well, yeah. Let me. In fact, let me go. Let me go back. Say five years to. Uh, you know, there, there's been a couple of carriers that man. I was grateful that they they hired me to do their new producer schools. Mm-hmm. Uh, but doing them was like, oh, shoot me. I mean, <laughs> shoot me, shoot me bad. Put, just put me out of my misery. Right. I mean, I'm serious. I mean, you know, you would, you would just see all sorts of kids that, God, they had no personality. They had no drive. Uh, they, they just like, how the hell did you get hired? Mm-hmm. Oh, I see. Your last name is your daddy's last name. But there's, but there's a lot of times that today's name wasn't their last name. They, you know, they, they're hiring kids that were horrible. I mean, horrible. So, so I, I see going from that to uh, what our guys are doing. And, and so you see it in personality. You see it in uh, smart. They're asking questions. You see it when we put them in role play. They're working to get it rather than just do the, the compliance. They were, okay, you asked me to role play, role play, now I'm done. So you, you see all those things happening. Hmm. Cool. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I just I I just think that's important because I know a lot of our clients ask me, you know, ask me questions uh, on a regular basis because they value the fact that we get to see from a broader view. And my feeling was that a bunch of our clients are starting to uh, get out there and use yep. some of the grit stuff and they are you know they're not all having complete success but they're out there swinging they're out there trying they're interviewing i'm seeing a lot more assessments come by i'm seeing the uh, the improvement in the gpi assessments the scores i mean i remember in the beginning people would say you know well i just haven't been able to find anybody that scores well enough but now i'm starting to see they're getting they're they're learning how to spot a good score before they ever run the profile on them. I think they were looking for the same, like you described, people with no personality, no drive, but that seemed smarter, that seemed likable. And now you're, yeah. you're seeing a whole different sort of person. Hey, this is Randy. I'm back. I wanted to jump in here again. You know, you heard us talking about the grit personality inventory. Um, it's something that we've done a lot of customization to, and it's a big alternative. If you've been using Caliper or Omnia or some of those other things, and you haven't been getting the results you want, when you combine the grit interviewing higher process, process with the grit personality interview, your chance of making a great hire radically 
improves. And so if you ever want to know more about that, you can go to my website, thewedge.net, and look for the Grit Personality Inventory, or email me or Maria, Randy at thewedge.net, and just go looking for GPI, want to know more, and we'll get you some scoop on that. Um, So back to the interview. Bingo, here's what's changing, Um, and, and, and they don't even realize it. Mm-hmm. They being our clients, their identity is changing. Mm-hmm. How, how how they see themselves is changing. Their oh. confidence is changing. Think about this. And 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 you know, let's be let's be gentle as we do this. If you know, if I if I'm in an agency that uh, you know, we come back to our whole traditionalist approach here. Um, uh, you know, write anything you can. It's all money. Uh, once a, val- a producer validates, we're going to leave you alone. I just hope you do it. Uh, you know, quote, 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 quote. Um, uh, we're going to send you to carrier school for weeks and then give you a phone book and hope you can figure it out. Uh, we don't know how to teach you to win. We don't know how to teach you to get on the phone and make calls. Uh, we don't know how to run sales meetings that are that are compelling and help you win. Uh, our differentiation is that we're nice guys, that we've been around, that we're local. And you used to hear my, my voice. It's almost like I'm moaning and whining when I say that crap, right? Well, that's monotone, a little bit monotone. Yeah, absolutely. That, so that's, that's who has become our clients. Th- mm-hmm. Those people have transformed themselves from that. And see, here, here's what I love about uh, uh, our logo, and I, I don't think we play with it enough. But we're transforming potential. And, and not only do producers have potential, our agency owners have mm-hmm. potential. Right. And you know that quote we use all the time that the difference between where, where your agency is today and where it will be five years from now is in direct proportion to your ability to develop uh, producers. Mm-hmm. And uh, I even created a little graphic here. I'm going to see if I can find it real fast. This is it. So my point is, they are changing their identity, and so you you you, know, you hear it all the time. And um, oh, this is a little bit, uh, it, it's not 100% politically correct, but uh, good sales guys don't have ugly girlfriends. <laughs> right. Because that's right. the best sale they got to make, or something, right? I think I've heard that before. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just they, they they you know good seller. I'm a good sales guy. I deserve good look. You know. So now, good agency owners don't have crappy sales guys, but guys who have no confidence, mm-hmm. they attract ugly. And so, um, hopefully, you see the correlation. And I don't want to step over any lines here, but <laughs> you're going to get you, some tweets on that one for sure. Uh, maybe, maybe not. But anyway, the, the point is. Is that yeah. our agency owners are getting more and more confident. They mm-hmm. believe their agency is a great place to work. They believe you're lucky to get to come to work for me rather than, God, man, I'm just trying to find some more body that maybe has a chance to sell. That's what do you why think is behind that. that? But, what do you well, think listen, behind that? Is, I'm telling you why. That's why the, what's behind it is because the agencies used to suck. <laughs> now you just made me say it. See, I told you I wanted to be kind. How many agencies do, do we have? And we can sit there and we could call out names that if you went to work for there, you know, their sales meetings were spreadsheet liars club meetings. Their differentiation was we're good people. We're local. Uh, Their uh, their goal setting was 
a one-page deal, and if you don't make your goals, no big deal. You can try again next year. You tried. Slap on the back. Yeah, you tried. Everybody gets to be the, the same, anyway. whether, yep. whether you produce or don't produce, and that, that's who they were. And they're sitting there, they're, they're, they, as they get more confident, they're raising their, uh, their standards because they see themselves differently. Mm-hmm. And see, that's what, see, what, what, what we don't talk about a lot, you know, because of their ego and pride and all this sort of stuff. But we, we don't go after our agency owners very much. We go after their producers. But really, what we're really selling we're selling our clients on themselves. You can do this. You're capable right. of doing this. Built inside of you is all this potential that you never have developed yourself. And and so if you look at this quote right here, I just want you to look at this, Cynthia. Just read it out loud, this quote, and stop when you get to what I just highlighted. The difference between where your agency is today and where it will be five years from now is in direct proportion to your ability, Mr. Agency Owner, your ability, Mrs. Agency Owner, to develop your core sales team and add newbies. When you build your ability, everything else happens. Mm-hmm. And so as you train and you coach and you learn about running sales meetings and you learn about differentiation and you learn a sales process, see, in the past, Cynthia, they would all say, uh, it really doesn't matter how you sell. You just need to bring in revenue. There is no, That's there true. is no good way to sell. Selling is selling, you know. You that was sell, how my um, firm was. We were like you used to tease me, tell me I was like Neapolitan ice cream. Well, I had a couple strawberries, I had a couple of chocolates, and I had some vanillas. That's our, <laughs> that's our industry. Right. right? Yeah. That's, so I'm just trying to say to you, that's why now we're seeing better people because our clients are their confidence is going up. They, they now know better. In the past. They didn't know better. And right. so here's, here's another interesting quote. I'm going to just drop this on us real fast. True wisdom is not manifested in trying to see resemblances in things which differ, but in discerning real differences among those which resemble one another. So what do I huh? mean by that? Yeah. 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 This is huge. But, it, but in discerning the real difference between the wedge and dynamic selling in discerning the real difference between a proactive service specifically and the idea that says, you know, we, we bring a lot of value. Inserting the real difference between uh, the iWin database tool and Microsoft Dynamics or Salesforce.com or any of that crap. The real difference between boop, boop, boop. The real difference between a four-step interview process and grit and, you know, we're just passing around asking questions. True wisdom is not manifest in trying to see the resemblance in those things that differ, but in really discerning those real differences among those things which resemble one another. Yeah. So you got two producers. If you read here. that the second time, it makes a whole lot more sense. Two two candidates resemble one another. Mm-hmm. True wisdom is able to discern the real difference between those two. Well, how do you do it? Well, we have an evidence-based process to be able to do that. Right. So you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So as they get all these little things and own it and feel it, they get confidence. They get confident. They're going to track. They become better looking people who are going to track better looking partners, if you will. And that's right. why we're seeing better people. That's why. You mentioned that the grit book was selling pretty well out there in the marketplace. Um, you, what's behind that, do you think? What are you seeing? People want people. 
people, I mean, they know that mistakes are 50, 75, $150,000 mistakes. Mm-hmm. They know, and if that's my graphic right here. Traditional agency, five years from now, will be right down here in the bottom right-hand corner. Mm-hmm. A high-performance agency will take their existing people, and they'll, they'll develop their core people. They'll set standards. They'll coach. They'll do that stuff. And then the red represents they'll add a newbie. They'll add a newbie. They'll add a newbie. They'll add a newbie. And then five years from now, they'll have four newbies and four well-developed core producers that grew up like the M that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. The traditional agency – these guys will just kind of keep on cooking and they'll just get by every year and they'll grow a little bit. Yeah. So I think I've read something. I, I know you wrote it because I, I read most of the stuff that, that comes out, but it, there, there's something behind the hiring change in our industry. Do, do, do you? Well, everybody's you know talking, talking about, about it. About? I mean, everybody's yeah. talking about it, you know, um, again, you know, one of the, the things here, and uh, I'm banging on everybody in this deal. I don't know where I put it. Uh, anyway, I put something in here about the – oh, here it is. Uh, the, here's where it's all starting. The M&A guys, the number guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're preaching. Producers need to be more productive. Well, of course. I mean, it doesn't take a genius to figure that out, does it? <laughs> and – Rich, rich, smart guys. That you, Mr. Agency, Mr. Ms. Agency, that you need to do a better job of leading your agency. Well, who doesn't? Right. But see, but they're all talking about it because they've done all their stats on, you know, the average agency of a producer has gone up two years in the last five. So that's a bad trend, you right. know. Um, uh, and they go, th- you know, they go the, the hit ratio uh, of. You know, the best agencies are 80%. The hit ratio of the worst agencies are about 20%. That 60% gap in, in new producer effectiveness is worth it, – it, it's worth millions for the guys who are great at it, and it's costing the guys who are crappy at it. It's costing them millions and millions, right? Mm-hmm. So all that chatter is out there. Everybody's kind of talking about it now. You go to the, the meetings and, oh, what are you doing to hire new producers, you know? And um, so, so it's just – it's just becoming a bigger deal in our industry. And you look at you, – you go to these meetings, and uh, no offense to all of us old people, but they're all old. They're all old. The problem is a bunch of them are old and have no energy, and right. they're, they're not driving things, right? They've just – they've kind of retired in place. Even the leaders have retired in place. That's true. I see it all the time. A lot. So, I, I mean, I know that change is hard. I, I – I've got some stuff, you know, that I've been working on trying to change for a while. If you were, if you had, uh, you know, a, a coach on the phone that, that you've inspired a little bit so far today, but hesitant because change is hard, what would you say to them? What would be like the, the one or two tips? Well, change is hard for him or change is hard for his people? Well, I don't, doesn't it start with him? Yeah. Yeah. So... If you were going to push him off that the razor blade to make the change, what do you think the first place is he's got to change? Well, he's got to change his motive, his reason and Ooh. purpose for it. So if, you don't have a, if you don't have a real good reason and purpose, why the hell would you do it? Right. So, so that, that old, you know, we're, we're, we're doing okay. We're doing good, but we could always do better. That's what you're talking about, that motive. Oh, yeah, what a piece of crap language. 
I mean, like, shut up. I know. That, that's the most trivial thing anybody – I mean, well, we're doing better. You know, we're, we're doing okay, but we always do – of course, everybody yeah. can always do better. But what do you want to do better and why? What's your reason? What's your purpose? And so right here, I you know, I got this off the internet, which I'll probably get in trouble for taking a picture. But you see, it's like when people get real clear on what they want and why, yeah. That's that's the source of change. Until you got that, there's a lot of cause you know, like when we do a wedge workshop, we always talk about there's a difference between what you want and what you need. What what which trumps what? Well, what you want, unless you're poor and destitute, what you want always trumps what you need. Mm-hmm. You know, like we'll sit there and go, you know, how many, you know, go, how many of you guys in the room need to lose 5 or 10, 15 pounds, but you want a beer and a burger? What wins? <laughs> the beer and the, the burger, beer and the burger. Every time. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, so 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 the, the secret to change, in fact, uh, Robbins is always talking about it is RPM, uh, the result. What result do you want? Why, RP, passion, purpose, why, and then you start to worry about the how. So right. get clear on the result you want. You get clear on that, change is just, it's just something you do. It's no big deal. When you don't but have something you want. But it makes sense to me now. I don't, you know, I mean, I've, I've been listening to you for close to 15 years now, but when you just said that, it kind of clicked with me. It's like the best way to get to, to, the first thing to do to change is you have to look at your motive. Yeah. And that's why you always get on these calls and you always get back to the goal setting. It's oh, it seems like everything every problem on the planet always seems to go back to the goal setting piece and that now makes sense to me why. It's all about your motive. Because yeah. that's what puts you in action. Yeah, and the, uh, again, so so now you start off with what do I want and why? If right. I'm an agency owner, what do I want and why? Do I want a dog-ass agency that I'm sitting around complaining about <laughs> that's not making me money, and then I can I can sit around and tell everybody, oh, yeah, it's really hard to find other people, or would I want to hang with a crowd that goes, yeah, we're kicking some ass. We're attracting fun people. They're growing. It's just it's a beautiful thing. Which group do you want to be in, right? right. Then once you get clear about which group you want to be in, then you got to go, well, why do I want to be in that group? Is it, it's, And it's, it's it's not just about money. But it's it's about it's about it really it's all about status. Mm-hmm. The the reason you know going back to the the grip book the grip book sells for fifty nine dollars and ninety five cents. Right. When somebody pays sixty bucks for a book and they bring it home and and the honey, they go honey what are you reading oh I'm reading this book about hiring new producers called Grit it was like sixty dollars. What are you stupid? just lost status, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So so why do people do what they do? It, it's either to gain status or to avoid losing status. So now and and that's that's cuz almost everybody we talk to has got their core needs met at some level. You know what I'm saying? Mhm. But status is is really huge. So so now you got to get back to why do I want to grow my agency? How does it make me feel? What's it like to be the guy that everybody's going, I want to be like you, versus what's it like to be the guy that, that's going, why are you wasting money on new producers? Why are you wasting money on a on a system? Oh, why are you hiring a sales trainer? Just get a book. Yeah, so either status goes up or status goes down, right? Right. Right. That's true. This is, I'm telling you, this is – what I want to share with you right now is huge. Yeah. It's huge. All right? And yeah. so 
that becomes the source for change. Yeah. I'm glad I asked you that question because that was yeah. that was pretty good right there. Hey, I just got a question from somebody. All right. You want to try to answer it? I'll try. Yeah. So we were talking about, you mentioned how, um, you know, we should be, or that our, our coaches should be maybe considering recruiting out of other firms, recruiting producers out of other firms. Yeah. How do you, what, I mean, you know, cause traditionally our, our industries all got them non, non-competes and all that kind of stuff. Do you have, have you heard anything cool or slick on how to, how to deal with that? No, no. I mean, you know, some Other states than have buying the book. Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, I and I think you need to be <clears throat> ethical and have integrity in that regard. Don't be right. ripping people off. But, but look, I mean, if you you go you go recruit a kid that's, uh, you know, whatever, he's got a, a one two three hundred thousand dollar book of business, um, and this kid is gonna thrive in your agency and they're just gonna die in that one. Right. Pay for it. Pay, pay for, for the it. book. It's not that big deal. Right. Pay for the book. Right. Or just, I mean, people, if you're doing a good enough job selling your firm and being able to compare and contrast, you know, people will walk away from the book and just wait a couple years. Yeah. Right? So, 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 so do whatever is, my point is do whatever's right. Yeah. Do whatever is yeah. right. Right. I hate it. I mean, I, I don't advocate stealing. Being a thief, I mean, I've had a lot of, you know, people steal my stuff, and it's like, well, just go create your own. You know, so right. we don't need to steal. You know, yeah. but but what happens when they're in the wrong place, we can invite them over, buy the book, do the right thing. Yeah. 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 And I see that happening in a lot. I see, uh, you know, firms that sometimes they can't buy the whole book, but they be, they buy some of it. They be, you know, at which creates a whole. Fine. Whatever's appropriate. Let's move on. Yeah. Yeah. Just do what's right. The, the, yeah. Don't try to break a non-compete contract. Right. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yep. Anything else? Um, let me think. I want to go back to my notes here. So if I was to just uh, think about what we talked about today, it's like we talked about why you wrote that letter. We talked about the difference between old world and new world. We talked about the trends that we're seeing out there. And hiring is a big thing. Uh, and it, it's not going to go away. We, and, and we, and that if we want to get better at growing our firm, we have got to get good at learning how to develop qualities in other people or what you said, you said potential in other people. Right. So I see you got this up there on the screen and I love this that you've been talking about lately about how a producer has to be motivated, confident, organized, and a plan. Can you speak to that just a little bit? Yeah. If, since you opened the door to that, I'm, I'm going to probably take it. I'm going to take a step back, and I'm even going to go to <clears throat> in prep for this webinar that I'm building. Um, I, I put the word intense on top of producer development system. Mm-hmm. Um, and in, in a lot of worlds, intense man, he's intense. You know, they they, they see it as negative. I mean, I'm telling you, it's an right. extremely beautiful word. Intense means you start to break it down, and I kind of summarized it, but an extremely sincere belief that demands you put something into operation. That's what mm. intense is. Right. An extremely sincere belief. Yeah. So, so now I'm going back. I believe producers, going back to potential, I believe I, I can't find a producer that doesn't have 
amazing potential beyond what they've already done. Yeah, even if I they're agree. even if they're two million dollar producers, mm-hmm. I can't find one that doesn't have doesn't have amazing potential. So I've got this extremely sincere belief that then demands me to put something in operation to go do something. Now do what? Caught you know a cause that will grow producers. Right. Well, what's the cause? Well, there's two causes. Um, the first cause is for them. I want to get. I'm going to bring a cause to the table that you know, someone or something, something that that makes people uh, pay attention, go do something. What's the first cause? First cause is their financial independence. I can't imagine anybody um, that doesn't want financial independence. Yeah. Now, I know people who say they don't, but when you peel back the peel back the layers of the onion and you get down to the core of it. I can't imagine anybody that doesn't want financial independence and freedom and a lot of choices. So I'm going to bring a cause to the table. That's that's one cause. It's from the outside. The other is from the inside. I'm going to cause to push and all that sort of stuff to be able to grow these guys. And I'm going to implement this set of principles and procedures. These principles for how we win, principles for how we differentiate, process for how we uh, go on sales calls, process for how we run sales meetings, boom, 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 which some is done. So an intense producer development system is an extremely sincere belief that demands you put into operation a cause that will grow producers by implementing a set of principles or producers by which something is done. That's it. Does it make sense? Yeah, it does. Huge makes sense. Um, one of the reasons I came to work for you all those years ago is because of your passion around this industry and and bringing. And so I think what you're talking about here is, you know, helping our industry recruit great talent into it. That's what so, you're talking about. Yeah. So to keep this thing going uh, for, for most agencies. The real, real problem is the establishment and the traditional, the insurance traditionalist. They gave us something we don't believe in, and therefore we don't drive it. Ooh, we don't, man, that was pretty big right there. We don't believe producers ought to quote, 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 quote. We don't believe producers ought to uh, do a one-page goal setting and not get into details. We don't believe it's okay for a producer to not work hard, not write business, not make money, not show up to sales meetings, not use our systems. We don't believe in all that sort of stuff. So most of the rhetoric that they give us, we don't believe in. And so then we're not driving it. So then a lot of agency owners out there in the marketplace are left without anything to believe in or to drive. Mm. Right? So then our goal, give you a system that makes sense. It's based upon a real world experience. Real world experience example is there's an incumbent. He's got to lose for you to win. There's no bullshit in that at all. That is black and white fact, all right? Rather than the bullshit is, hey, man, it's all about relationship. Go build some relationship. Get people like you. Well, that, there's truth in that, uh-huh. but it's also but equally it still doesn't bullshit. Get you, yeah, it doesn't, it, get still you doesn't get you, it doesn't get you a win. It gets no. you second in line. And it's not and, – and, and go build relationship, it, 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 and, and your differentiation is, well, just go sell you and go find a coverage gap. I mean, it's like – I hate that. And it's not systemic. It's not something that you as an agency owner can drive. Mm-hmm. So I want to give you something you can drive. No one is good for your agency, good for your producers, good for your clients. Now we get down to – you're going back to the deal. When producers are unmotivated, lack confidence, disorganized, and have no plan, at best, all they can be is average, Oof, except, for the, except for the unique superstar that happens to be there. 
But when they're unmotivated, lack confidence, they can only be average. I don't, I've never seen an unmotivated, lacking confidence, disorganized dude with no plan that I've ever built a book of business. Yeah, I agree. So then what we want to do is we move from unmotivated to motivated, from lacking confidence to confident, from disorganized to organized, from no plan to plan. And what's cool is, as an agency owner, once you understand this, now you can develop average guys into high performers by doing this. By doing what? Once you believe that motivated, confident, organized guys will outperform these, now we just got to start to break it down. We got to we got to go through our process to motivate them. So and I win has I win is the path. It has the structure. It has all the tools to move people from unmotivated, not confident, disorganized, and no plan. That's Bingo. what you're saying. Yeah, That's exactly what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, so so we've you know we talked about the goal thing forever. Get the cars, universities, and weddings out. And then when I get agency principal, well, that's not my that's not my responsibility, dude. It, of course, it's not your responsibility. It's your opportunity. Right. It's, an it's opportunity. not your responsibility. It's your opportunity mm-hmm. to help get these guys clear about what they want, and why they want it, get them breaking it down into what they have to do to get it, so that when it comes down to it, because we know we've got stats now that that most families. Are underfunding their future forty-five to sixty-five thousand dollars a year, year after year after year after year after year after year, particularly in traditional agencies. Mm-hmm. And so now we're trying you know, to let them get. Let's get clear and let's go build plans to make that happen. Reverse engineer. You want to be financially secure? Good. To do that, you got to make more money and you got to save more money. To do that, you got to well, write a think- book. To do that, you got to write new business. And I think what a lot, a lot of times people aren't hearing in this conversation that you have is that you can't motivate somebody else. They have to motivate themselves, which is why you always come back to that, trying to inspire the person themselves. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. What's in it for you? Why would you want to write more new business? I'm going to start. Do you care about your family? Do you care about your spouse? When you're 80 years old, do you want to be living in um, a pile of poop, or do you want somebody taking care of you? You know, when you the day you retire, do you want to, be able to travel and have some fun, or are you always having to worry about money? What do you want? You know, when your kid right. comes to you and says, "I want to go to a nice college, Dad," you go, "Do you want to be able to say yes, or do you want to go in major financial stress to do it?" What do you want? What do you want for you? Let's get clear about that now. <laughs> to make that happen, to take care of your family, it just takes money. Right. And right. the more you make, the more you can save. If you don't make it, you can't save it. Mm-hmm. If you can't save it, you'll never become financially independent. So now, how big does your book have to be to, to throw off money so you can save? And now, how do we go write new business to make that happen? And let's integrate that process rather than leave it all separate. Right. And, and then, then the confidence. Yeah. Yeah. This is the part that this – is, this is what I felt like was one of my biggest epiphanies over the last couple of years. Because everybody's always talking about, man, you got to be more confident. you got to be more confident. you got to be more confident. And, 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 well, what the hell is that? <laughs> How do you be that? How do you be that? So when you look it up, confidence is just a feeling of self-assurance that I can do this. That's all Mm -hmm. confidence is. I can do this. Now you start to break it down. So how do you get people to feel that they, I can? Well, number one is skills. And number two is knowledge. So now you go back to skills. I got to have skill to pick up the phone, ask a couple of questions, 
get a buyer's attention, deal with their knee-jerk responses, tell them another story, ask another question, and close for a, an opportunity for an appointment. That's a skill. Mm-hmm. I want to help you get good at that so you feel you can do it. Then I've got to train you. Already, we sent them to cold call training down there bro, 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 and spent two hours on that. Dude, I can't believe you said that to me. Yeah. You must think I'm stupid because I know you and I know your daughter. You told me about your daughter and how you sent her to the camp. And you got a private coach and doing all this sort of stuff. And you expect to send a producer for two hours to cold calling school and you think they're going to be great at this? Come on. Right. It takes a while. Yeah. And it takes repetition. Mm-hmm. And as they get good, then they can get better. Right. Right. But you can't you can't go from nothing to great. You gotta go from good to then you get better and now you get better. Now you learn what you know and you add to it, boom, boom. So you gotta repetitively train. We gotta train, we gotta train, we gotta train. And what I think is cool about I win is that you can create Mr. Agent Mr. And Mrs. Agent, you can create assistant coaches to help you with the training piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you go to knowledge. When I when I have the skill and I know what to do. Basketball, I know how to shoot and I know the rules of the game. Golf, I know how to swing and I know the rules of the game. Uh, Selling insurance, I know how to ask questions, qualify a prospect, leverage my differentiation, find out what they want, rehearse them through what it's going to be like to tell the other guy over. And I have the knowledge of my differentiation or my proactive services. I combine those two things together. I feel I can. Yeah, that was pretty powerful right there. And now I'm confident. Mm Mm-hmm. And then you come down to organized. Or Andy, you know, we're just going to, if they want to use the iWin and the technology, we'll let them if they want to, but we're not going to make them do it. Okay, I don't care. I don't care. But but that's like saying, you know. I'm getting a lot of guys on the tips and tricks saying, you know, that once they push through that initial resistance, that they now love it because it, it's very inspirational to see. And when I ask them, what do you love about it? Well, I can see clearly the opportunity that I have. That's what they say. Yeah, it, it, which is code word for, uh, I know that I'm working it. Nobody else is. Uh, I know when it renews. I know who the incumbent is. I know what the potential revenue is. I can see all my notes. I know who the other buyers are. I know who the carrier is. I can see my whole email exchange. I know what I'm supposed to do to follow up. I'm in control. And it's all there. <laughs> and then we get I love that. Well, well, we'll let them use it if they want to use it. Come on. Come on. Have I mean, it's like set the expectations, sell it while they need it. But maybe we got a lot of agency owners don't don't sell it, don't do it because they go, well, I don't use it. That's you true. Don't sell, that's that's you a big problem. Yeah. You don't sell anymore? Uh, yeah, I sell. You don't work right hot introductions anymore? Uh, yeah. So yeah. anyway, so yeah. Anyway. Cool. You're on fire today. Well, I just, you know, I mean, I go back to, um, and and you know this, I I believe, I've accepted this as truth. It's not just an idea. It's not just something I pulled out of my butt one day. So maybe I'll pull something out of my butt and con a bunch of agency owners that this will work and they should buy it. Didn't Mm -hmm. do that. Right. Man. I fought the war, right? I've seen it yeah. so many times, and I know the psychology and the human behavior that when we can lead them to this, they will produce. It's better for them. It's better for the producers. It's better for the clients, for crying out loud. It's better for your agency. Let's get on it and let's go. Quit being like, 
Um, I, I have one client that's going, man, you're, you're the kind of guy, you keep showing up, but you're hanging on to the edge of the pool. Get your ass out there and go swim. Let's go. Right. Yeah, you're not going to die. I promise you're not going to die. And then you start to dog paddle and you start to swim. It's going to be comfortable. You're going to be a lot of fun. We're out there with all the kids, you know, playing ball and throwing. And if you're hanging over there on the side. Come on, you give yourself credit. At least I show up. No, you're better than that. Yeah, it's true. Uh, Good webinar, Mr. Randy. Yeah. yeah thank you. Um, yeah, it was uh I, I would say that the the webinar today is about getting coaches inspired, getting coaches to stand back and look at their own motives. So it's good. Yeah. Peace out. See ya. Thank you. Bye bye.